Engaging Leader, Episode 121, Five Gears, Being a Present and Productive Leader When There's Never Enough Time, featuring Jeremy Kubitschek. Leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. Have you ever driven a car with a manual transmission? Well, if so, you've probably quickly learned that there's a right time and a right place for each gear. You start in first gear, then you shift in the second gear, and so forth, until you reach the highest gear. If you try to shift into the wrong gear, the car will grind or lurch, or worse, it could actually cause lasting damage. The same is true for the different modes of our lives, according to a new book by Jeremy Kubitschek. And that's true whether we're working or resting or connecting with others. To lead yourself well and engage appropriately with those you lead, your day may need to begin in first gear, after which you shift up into other gears. Our longtime listeners may remember Jeremy Kubitschek back from episode 68 when we talked about his book, Making Your Leadership Come Alive. Jeremy is co-founder of Giant Worldwide and The Giant Companies. He's a best-selling author and speaker to organizations throughout the world on transformational leadership, emotional intelligence, and personal growth. Jeremy Kubitschek, welcome back to The Engaging Leader. Jesse, so good to be back with you. Jeremy, as we walk through the five gears together, I think for our listeners, some of these five gears will appear to be ideal for extroverts and others for introverts. I'm wondering, is that true or is it you find it more helpful for people to regularly spend time in each gear? Well, we, we need all the gears, just like a vehicle needs all gears. There's not any car that you wouldn't want to have a first gear or a fifth gear in, or let's say a third gear was missing. That could cause all types of havoc. So the, the ideal uh, lifestyle is that you understand how to use and shift into each gear, just knowing what gear you should be in. However, what we found is that the fifth gear, which is focus mode, and first gear, which is recharge mode, those tend to be more introvert heavy. The introverts like the recharge time. They like time alone. They like the focus time. They don't like you know, to being recharging by working on a project, going deep, whereas the extroverts tend to be in fourth gear task, third gear social time, or second gear connecting with someone. You know, those are more comfortable for the extrovert, and they extroverts have a harder time doing recharge or uh, a deep focus. So that's the tendency, but what we're asking people to do is to understand how do you fulfill all the gears and how do you actually get good at the gears, which makes you more of a, a mo- more emotionally intelligent. Well, let's take a look at, at each of the gears and make sure we understand them. You mentioned that fifth gear is focus mode or being in the zone. Uh, break that down for us. Yeah, so if you're working on a computer uh, project or programming or you're You've got something you're developing or creating or you're writing a chapter of a book or you're working in the garden or you're creating uh, something, some project outside with your hands. Whatever it is, whatever it is for you, fifth gear is just when you're completely fixated on the task. And someone says, hey, Jesse, Jesse, it takes two or three (laughs) times to get your attention because you're so fixated, so much in the zone. 
So it's basically you're, you're, you're focused without interruption. Time's just flying by. Sometimes people call it you're in flow mode. That's right. For many of us, that sounds like an ideal place to work. I know personally, I love to be in the zone. But how do you know if you have an, actually an unhealthy fifth gear? You're spending too much time in that zone. Yeah, so each gear has a, there's a healthy, like you mentioned, healthy and unhealthy. So unhealthy for fifth gear is when you you so get so absorbed in the project that you eat all of your food at your desk, lunches. <laughs> you know, there's never a time to, for social connection. You work really long hours. It's almost like you're overdoing it. Like a vehicle being in fifth gear for too long can burn out the engine, and it can also um, fifth gear in the social settings, it can really kill relationships because everyone understands that you're more excited and fixated on the, the project than you are on the people. Yeah. When you finally get together with that person to go out to dinner, they can't stop talking about the project. That's all they want to talk about. That's it, which is another sign of being unhealthy. That's being in the wrong gear at the wrong time. So if you're, if you're spending time, let's say you and I went to, to, to dinner or hanging out, we're talking, and you're constantly talking about your podcast, right, mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to the uh, unhealthy level, and I'm trying to shift gears and talk about family, get to know you, other things, over time, it's going to wear me out, and I probably would, wouldn't call you in again. <laughs> now, fourth gear is probably where most of us spend the better part of our working day. It's, it's in that, that task mode. We're getting things done and multitasking. That is a good place to be in, in, in at the proper level, right? Absolutely. We all need it. I mean, it, it, it is the work gear. You're in fourth gear most of the day. The problem with it is that people get addicted to it, and it becomes they take that task mode and they take it home. And, in fact, it, even more I've found for females uh, who have responsibilities at work, they're in fourth gear at work. They have a different fourth gear when they get home. So when they get home, they they just they're almost like switching vehicles. They switch into a different vehicle, but they stay in fourth gear, and they're getting laundry, food, uh, you know, cleaning dishes, all those kind of the stereotypical things that have been with women, and so it's really hard for them to learn how to shift. Whereas men come come home from work, and they oftentimes will shift into a, an unhealthy first gear. I'm generalizing here, <laughs> but you go from a fourth or fifth gear, and they come home into an unhealthy crash of just checking out, just going to complete, you know, by themselves because they've left it all at work. And then I guess the opposite problem, someone that won't shift up from fourth gear into fifth gear. So they're just so addicted to, they like interruption, they like multitasking, that they never get any strategic work done. That's right. And so they they leave a trail of unfinished projects. And it, it can get really frustrating from a team perspective because you've got someone who keeps saying they'll do something and they never do it, and they can't finish it because they don't have what it takes to focus and get it done. That's why you need all the gears. And if you understand where you're weak at the gears, then you'll actually, if you can work on your worst gear, like mine is recharge, I don't know how to recharge very well. So this morning, I got up extra early and just had some recharge time, specifically for me, the way I know that I need it. And it was awesome. I feel great about the day because I devoted that time, which I usually don't devote. What did you do to recharge? I have just some books, some things I read, 
and um, and, and then I did some uh, exercise time. Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, recharging is if I feel at peace uh, with myself, if I feel good about where, where I'm at. So getting perspective, uh, I journaled a little bit, and then I did some exercises, and it was just top notch. It, it my my day has been great so far because I invested that you know 45 minutes. Well, we're we're skipping over to first gear, and this is actually kind of appropriate because that's exactly what I did when I read the book. I likewise struggle the most with first gear, resting and recharging. And so I just skipped to that part of the book and read it ahead of the other chapters. <laughs> Perfect. It's it's challenging because some of the things that we think uh, of as recharging us is actually more of what in the book you call crashing, and it, it doesn't, necess- doesn't truly recharge our batteries. Yeah, you know, uh, what I find is this, this whole adage of work hard, play hard, and so it's almost like people are like overdo fourth and fifth gear, and then they un- do an unhealthy first gear. And crashing is not resting; it's just it's crashing. <laughs> and, and so the concept of recharge is actually okay. Wait, what do I need consistently every day? So what most people do is they just work themselves to to the grind, uh, you know, and then they crash really hard and think that's resting, and then they do it again and again, and that's an unhealthy balance because everyone else in your family has to walk around you. Every, all your friends have to work around you like, oh, here he is again. He's crashed again. So what, what's, what I'm realizing is like I need it every day. What's my recharge time look like every day so that I don't have these hard crashes? Because most crashes actually are escapism. Mm-hmm. It could be uh, binge watching TV shows, uh, which is, you know, nothing wrong with it unless it's like a, an addictive pattern of crashing. Uh, or uh, unhealthy eating, or um, just kind of narcissistic um, workouts, and you know things that are just become like unhealthy. Yeah, and I, I find that if I don't take enough, if I don't do enough healthy recharging, which for me includes some exercise, some reading, especially an inspirational idea generating reading right then i'm more likely to do the unhealthy uh crashing really which is where you'll typically find me on a couch with some snacks and a novel some kind of escapism reading like that absolutely and you know and i'm not against novels i love them i think it's the intent are you running from something because you just overdid it or is it truly you're just enjoying it and that's what i'm trying to say is there's a healthy recharge that's just enjoying yeah. yeah, an unhealthy is I'm I want everyone away from me, and I'm in my own world and my own, you know, uh, and just in my own planet, and and so um, this this whole concept of going, okay, what gear should you be in, and just like again, like a vehicle, we start in first gear. Most people start in fourth gear, so they start with email first thing in the morning, and it's so dangerous because um, I'm now giving whomever is on the other side they have a chance to, to really dictate my day based on their email. So if, if they send a, a Zorro email, I call them, then uh, all of a sudden now the rest of my day or morning is fixated on that one issue versus if I had started with the right perspective. Yeah, it's putting you in a reactive mode. You just let someone else set your agenda for the day. That's it. I was aware of that challenge, uh, that issue, 
for, uh, for some time. And so, and I've heard about that problem of people checking their email first thing. And uh, I have to say, I'm more tempted. The greater temptation for me is to start my day in fifth gear. I love to, to uh, get out of bed, do a quick wash up and then boom, sit down at my desk and jump into some strategic or creative activity get an hour or two of that done before even worrying about breakfast or anything. That's really rare. Is it rare? I was like, is that is there a problem there? Is that an unhealthy habit? No, no, man. It's just that's really rare because most people don't have the discipline to do that. And so you'll find um, when I say rare, I mean there's still a lot of people that do that. But we probably I've probably spoken to now seven, eight thousand people on this concept. And um, yeah, I was in Las Vegas yesterday uh, sp- speaking to 150 uh, teachers in Nevada. And, you know, I had them to raise their hand, which is fourth gear is where most people start. Uh, 50, 60% of the room raised their hand when I said, what do you do? You go to email first thing. And it was a pure 60%. Yes. Wow. So it's really interesting. I get that the most. So a lot of the business world, it goes to about 70 80% check email first thing. And so it's, a, it's, again, waking up in fourth gear. A lot of other people that I find actually wake up in third gear, and they do kind of a fake social media, <laughs> like fake social. So they'll start with Facebook, or they'll start with Twitter, and they'll kind of catch up on all their traps and check all their traps to see what mentions they've had. <laughs> um, I've never heard that term before, checking their traps. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's really interesting how, how that works. And I have it, uh, Jess, one of the things I bring up is I, in the book, I talk about a thing called trading up. And the whole idea is that I'm, I'm not here to tell you that you're doing it wrong or you're doing wrong at this. What I'm saying is think proactively, think about your world and think about what gears you should be in. And so the whole idea uh, of trading up is like I used to listen to sports radio all the time. And, but the problem with sports radio is that there's a lot of yahoos on there <laughs> saying really stupid things. And so I found myself uh, constantly like playing to their level of thought and almost like yelling at the at radio, like, you're an idiot. Do you really think that? So <laughs> what, what, what was happening is I was getting stuck into this, you know, kind of lower form of just conversation. So I traded up and I started using my drive time differently. If I'm not talking to someone, I've listened to podcasts that are really encouraging. So I just listen to really interesting podcasts, some on history, some on different things that just are that I'm intrigued by. And I found myself really enjoying like the the in between times a lot more than I was before. So the whole idea of trading up means looking intentionally at your life and going, okay, I'm going to trade up instead of email. First thing, I'm going to insert some devotional or some reading or inspiration or some exercise, I'm going to trade up. And instead of, you know, sports radio, I'm going to trade up to this. And so what you're doing is you're giving yourself a chance to recharge appropriately throughout the day. I think it's good to be aware of what our energy level is. If we're doing, if our current practice doesn't result in being energized, so for example, if I was trying to be in first gear and recharging by reading a novel, but uh, I actually feel deflated by that, which is fairly common for extroverts where a novel doesn't actually energize us, then maybe I need to, to trade up. And I, I, yeah, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, 
my practice of of starting the day in fifth gear for an hour or two it it goes in phases where that's a really energizing experience but then there's other times when i feel dead in that time and i'm not actually that creative or productive and so maybe I should revisit that and say, yeah, maybe I'd be better to, to read the Bible a bit or to spend some time in meditation, yeah. get some exercise. Yeah, so, and really, you kind of just, if you know yourself, you can lead yourself. So that's the, the whole premise. Most people just aren't thinking this way. So this, this is a really a common language. So instead, um, this, it's meant to be like a, a sign language. So when I come home and my wife looks at me and holds up two fingers, <laughs> I, I should be in social space. I'm mean, sorry, connect space. Totally. You're right. I need to shift gears. So in the same way, if you have people around you who understand what's going on, they can help you at times. Jesse, maybe, you know, one? And this is one time, not five? And uh, you might go, yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> That's what I need. I need one. In fact, we've been doing this with teams. We've been creating this with teams and doing little team retreats and workshops and so forth, and it's really been fascinating to watch. But we did it with a dental office, and um, a dental office, they started talking about when they do third gear. And they said, when someone walks in, it's third gear time. Like, hey, Mr. Jones, how was your weekend? How's things going? Yeah, come on in. And they're kind of bantering back and forth, having fun. Then the cleaning happens, so that's fourth gear, kind of a cleaning in the normal <laughs> process. And sometimes they'll go deeper with somebody, and they'll go into second gear if there's something specific that a patient would have. And then they were joking, saying that uh, root canal was fifth gear. <laughs> so, um, but then I started asking them. I'm like, okay, as a team, though, when do you do? What do you do? And they said, you know, our dentists, when the dentists walk in, they're always in fourth and fifth gear. Mm. They never talk to us in second or third gear. And so from that, we actually, as a as a culture, they inserted some third gear time. And they said, now every Wednesday and Friday, they're doing a pot potluck lunch and a third year lunch and they're just going to hang and chill together build commonality camaraderie and then they asked second year hey everyone once in a while it'd be nice if you asked us how our weekend was and if you if you just connected a little bit more and if we knew that you were for us that'd be great and then for the introverts or the number of introverts for first gear sometimes they needed just time alone they had a couple of dental hygienists like hey in first gear go to your car recharge, go in, have lunch in your car and listen to something or go on a walk or do something for that 45 minutes. Just to, but like lead yourself. If you know what you need, lead yourself. And I just found that most people live an accidental life. They're not intentional about their lifestyle. So they don't know what they need and thus they don't often lead themselves appropriately. Help us understand the difference between third gear and second gear. In a way, they sound similar. Yeah, third gear is much more, it's social. It's just general conversation, okay? So it can be uh, on the golf course. Um, and by the way, you can, you, can, you can be in third gear for a while, and it can naturally shift into second. So if I'm at a party, for instance, and I'm just meeting people, hey, yeah, where are you from? Oh, really? You went, I went to college there, too. And we're talking, or you know so-and-so. Well, all of a sudden, the third gear starts moving and shifting into second gear. And then I find myself in the corner talking to somebody that I'm like, I really like this guy. Wow, we had so much common. So we shifted into second. But second is connecting, and it's going deeper than just um, the weather or vacations or sports. And, but you need them both. 
so a lot of people put, there's a lot of people that don't like third gear, so they put pressure on people in second gear, and it doesn't work very well. Be like if I found you at a party and I immediately started going, so where are you from? Yes, yeah, so tell me about this and this, and I start almost like interrogating you because I'm not comfortable with just third gear conversation. So we're made to be social and we're made to be relational. So to learn how to do third gear well, it's to learn that there's a time and place. We're almost shallow, and that's okay. <laughs> but then the shallow actually leads to depth if you do it well. But if you try to force depth, it will actually chase people away from you. Now, we've got some introverted folks listening, I'm sure, who the topic, they, they, they get it, the, the importance of connecting deeply. They've got a, a handful of key relationships that they love to connect deeply in. But the idea of being social and small talk sounds painful to them. And yet it's, uh, it's important both to have influence as leaders, but also there's a certain amount of creativity that, that we're going to get from that. What, what advice do you have for introverts? Yeah, I have a lot in the book written about this. So a lot of people have, uh, want to go deeper on this concept of understanding third gear and how to do it. The one thing that I talk about is learn to be interested before being interesting. And I find that most introverts are so afraid of what they're going to say or what they're going to be asked to talk about. So what they're really doing, and I'm generalizing here, some of you aren't, but a lot of introverts are basically thinking about themselves. So instead of thinking about the other person. So instead, shift gears, go to neutral when you meet someone. Don't think about what you're thinking about and actually start being interested in them. So there's really, really um, easy ways to do it. Here's some conversation starters. So what are you most interested in? What's got you most excited? Or one I always use, I like it. Where's your hometown? So let's just, let's just try it. Jesse, where's your hometown? Toledo, Ohio. Toledo, Ohio. Okay, what's the most interesting thing that's happened from Toledo, Ohio, either person or event that happened there? Well, the one that always pops in my head when I think about a person from Toledo is uh, is Jamie Farr, who played Klinger on the old MASH TV sitcom. No way. Yep. I had a mask of him whenever I was in high school that I used. I think my mom and dad had that mask, and I would go around and use that because he had the big nose. That's right. right. Yeah. And usually he was dressed in drag. Was Did, did your mask have anything like that? No, <laughs> I didn't dress in drag either, but I had the mask, but... So my point is, is like now we went somewhere and we at least started a conversation, but I always focus on the other person to go, how do you be interested in them before being interesting? And if you'll practice it and do it, what you'll find is that the person will come back around and ask you, well, where are you from? What are you? And now you've had an opportunity to potentially go to second gear with that person. Or if you go, okay, well, that was nice. Then you just go on to the next person and ask them, so what are you most interested in? What, what are you most excited about? It's those types of things that I find that if you do them well, um, you know, I, I make the case in the book, all business happens in third gear. Mm. People want to know that you ha- they, they like your chemistry. They like your character. They want to know you. And if you're always in fourth and fifth gear or always in first gear and you're not connecting with people, then you're not going to have as many opportunities. You're not going to be brought up in conversations. You're just... So to be more socially competent is actually learning how to how to communicate and how to talk, even if you hate it. Ah, that's powerful. Very helpful. Now, 
It's interesting. You've pointed out that the five gears is both a model or a metaphor to help us know ourselves and lead ourselves better. But it also provides a language that can help us understand those around us, both to lead them, but but also just to be more emotionally intelligent in our interactions with them. Yeah, I've found that most conversations, most, most arguments start because of subjective language. And so, Jesse, you know what? Every time we're around each other, man, it's like you're always on the phone. And you're always looking at your phone, and you're never connecting with me, and you're never connecting with anyone else. And I've seen, like, all that does right there is pick a fight. Because I've used always and never, <laughs> and then I'm giving some random, I might, might be over-exaggerating one situation that's happened. Even if it is consistent, still it causes a lot of angst. So we've taken all of that drama out. And we simply use sign language or the phrases. So if I'm looking at you and I'm like, hey, Jesse, third gear, buddy. You've been in fifth gear too long, man. We're going to go and play golf. Come on. And now all I have to say, and you, then you knowing the language, you're like, absolutely. I have been in fifth gear for eight hours now. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, you're right. So I don't have to be, I can be objective. I can just, or I can just hold up a sign. I mean, I have the, one of the stories that's in the book. I talk about our managing partner. He, he was in fourth gear, walking in the door. I was in a third gear party, uh, and I'm, I've got a bottle of water in my hand. I'm talking to somebody. He walks up to me, and he starts listing all these things he wants to talk to me about. And I just hold up three fingers. I say, Mike. And he looked down, and he realized that he was in the wrong gear. And he goes, right, right. Hey, how you doing? What's happening? And he starts networking hmm. and starts connecting with people. Just by simply showing them three fingers. What are the, some of the ways that, uh, that leaders uh, you're seeing uh, put this into place for their teams? For example, I know you're offering the Five Gears Team Challenge. Yep, so um, what we're doing is basically saying, um, if you'll understand as a team what, well, first, if you'll understand the language, and you'll teach the, the sign language to the team, it was a game changer. We have people at Ford Motor Company, they put up uh, five on their door. And just, hey, I'm in fifth gear. When everyone knows they're in fifth gear, so they're not just being a recluse by closing the door and not wanting to talk with anyone. So open door policies are actually dangerous. So it's actually need to understand simply what gear should we be in. So if they go, hey, you know what, Frank's in fifth gear. Great. When Frank's in fifth gear, we all win. That's awesome. Uh, or, you know what, guys, I need some one time. I'm going to go, I just need to go recharge. Dude, go for it. You're better. It's like those Snicker commercials when you see that they're a different person, like Joan Collins. Or, <laughs> right. right. And, until they get a Snicker bar and they have a bite. It's like, man, we want you to be recharged. When you're recharged, we're all good. So creating the sign language is really important. Teaching the team is really important. But then as a team, deciding what should our gears be. When should we be in third gear? When should we be in fourth gear? When should we be in fifth? Work is primarily fourth and fifth, but you've got some first, second, third laced in there, and it's really important that you understand the dynamics and kind of set the tone. And it's just a great exercise to go through to do that as a team. So how can folks find out more about that that team challenge? Yeah, so we've got something we're building on the fivegears.com or at giantworldwide.com. And we're almost finished with it, and it will be coming out in the next couple of weeks. And it's really exciting. It's just simple. 
a lot of it's free, a lot of it's good resources. And we also have a master class that we ran for a period of time. It's not open right now, but it will be soon again. And it's basically uh, 40 videos that go really in-depth that teams can use to actually, if they want to watch it and observe it and really contemplate and go deeper, then they can do that on top of the book. So the book is available at fivegears.com, and there will also be coming soon information about the team challenge, and there will be opportunities to, uh, to follow that master class with the 40 videos as well. That's right, and we have a lot of other bonus materials and such as well. But then the, uh, the other piece to this is um, you know, they can get the book themselves and start tearing it up and adding thoughts and uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere that sell books. Well, and we've only scratched the surface. There's a lot more in the book as far as tips for putting the five gears into practice, uh, t- tips that helps you to d- decide if you're actually spending too much time in one gear or another, and key questions to help you trade up. Yeah, we haven't even talked about, which is in the book, it's a great learning how to set trigger points in, in your life. It's really powerful as well, but there's a lot there, but I so appreciate your time and letting, letting me be a part of your community. And Jeremy, where can folks, uh, in addition to the website, fivegears.com, uh, you're available on social media as well? Yep, just jeremykubachek.com um, on, on my website or Jeremy Kubachek for any Twitter, Facebook, all of it. It's a long name. People will figure it out when they type it in. <laughs> Terrific. Jeremy Kubachek, thank you for joining us on Engaging Leader. Thank you, buddy. See you later. Jeremy Kubitschek is co-founder of the global leadership development company Giant Worldwide. His latest book is Five Gears, How to Be Present and Productive When There is Never Enough Time. And we'll provide the information and links that Jeremy mentioned in our show notes for this episode, which you can find on our website at engagingleader.com forward slash 121 as in episode 121. This is a production of Aspinale Communications, a consulting firm that specializes in workforce communications. My colleagues and I partner with midsize and large employers to attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results in several areas, including talent management, workforce health engagement, benefits and compensation, business transformation, and more. Find us at AspendaleCommunications.com. This is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm where my colleagues and I partner with midsize and large employers to attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at AspendaleCommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Dustin Hartzler, our website engineer, JJ Leahy, our video and web intern, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, you are always communicating and leading. Let's make the most of each opportunity to engage the people we care about.